Hey everyone, this is episode two of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. I am Craig. And I'm Sean. And just before we get started, I want to mention that we're brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. You can visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Uh, today we've got a lot of important things to talk about. The big one would be a celebration of Harry Potter weekend uh, that we ba- we basically lived at Universal for, for three whole days. Three days. Yeah. Um, which it, most people would love to do that, but yeah, it got it got tiring by day three. Surprisingly, it was fun though, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, other things to talk about too: the uh, Harry Potter Diagon Alley webcast announcement that happened on Thursday morning uh, last week, yep. and right before the celebration weekend. And then before we start talking about those things, though, I want to mention Mardi Gras, which is coming up very very soon. Um, starts on february 8th and the first performer for that's going to be daughtry of american idol fame of yeah yeah do you like daughtry um i do like his music okay i'm not i'm not an extreme fan yeah like Corey is but yeah Corey's a really big oh, yeah. daughtry fan um i'll i don't think i know any of his songs besides that all that i'm after is a life i could probably hum a few but i don't know any of the titles yeah but we're real good fans yeah you know it's (laughs) that means we'll go and we'll we'll act like we covered it by watching one song and then doing that but uh you know he's the first person to kick off mardi gras it's gonna be 20 total there's 20 concerts 20 concerts total so i know this past actually yesterday uh whenever this goes out um they announced three new artists that are mm-hmm. going to be there. So we have, well, you know the artists. I don't know them. All so. right. So um, on March 21st, there's going to be a great big world. Mm-hmm. Who They have a pretty popular song right now, um, Say Something. It's with Christina Aguilera. It's super sad. It, it doesn't matter how many times yeah. you tell me. I still don't know, know. who they are. But. Dustin knows it. He probably cries when yeah. it's on the radio. I do. <laughs> um, then we have um, Weezer's coming on March 29th. That's really exciting. Yes. That's, I'm excited for Weezer. That's a pretty big it's pretty big name. arguably the biggest name they have coming. No, I mean, that's not true. May 31st, Huey Lewis in the news. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I, really I'm, excited for this one. Oh, I'll, I'll be there. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll be dancing this along a, to all the songs, of course. Yeah from your favorite 80s movies. Yeah. Um, this is a really huge lineup, I think. When I compare it to, like, the concerts that they bring into Epcot at um, Food & Wine, Absolutely. which are included in admission, granted. So are these when you're going to Mardi Gras yeah. at Universal. I, so it's amazing that you can go see these people included in your, your park ticket. I don't want to take anything away from Sugar Ray. It's just... Or Sugar Ray, Taylor Dane, <laughs> Wilson Phillips. I mean, they're yeah. all great. Yeah, they are all great. Yeah. But, I mean, Weezer has had so many hits alone. Uh, they might not be... Attracting the older generation in there, but people our age. I mean, I oh, yeah. grew up listening to Nelly. Weezer. Will he be wearing his Band-Aid? I, I don't know. These um, are questions we'll have to find out. It's uh, Well, you yeah. won't see me at Nelly, so okay, if, if you're planning on going to that, you can... Only if Kelly Rowland's going to be there. Who's who's Kelly Rowland? Shut up. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. Uh, one, of, <laughs> one of Destiny's Child. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so we'll be there covering Mardi Gras on... <laughs> February 8th, and then the show that will be coming out around February 12th will be our Mardi Gras recap. So I'm excited to go because this is my first experience with Mardi it Gras. It is your first. Whether either in New Orleans, the real thing, or, or at Universal. So Yeah, my first experience with Mardi Gras was actually a Leonard Skinner concert there. Um, there you go. It was, it was intense. It was definitely yeah. something I will remember my entire life. 
uh, not for good reasons, but All right, well. you know, it's, I don't want to say that Mardi Gras is bad. It's just a very different crowd than what you're used to at a normal day at a theme park. But anyways, the big news this past week was the webcast announcement. Um, yes. And we knew that it was coming. It got announced a long time ago. James Phelps was supposed to be hosting it. And I mean, the, the first big surprising thing up front was that James Phelps didn't really host it. It was more or less. It was a, a group effort. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Mark Woodbury, the uh, president of Universal Creative, he kind of he kind of made everything happen in sequential order, pulling in the actors. Um, they had Ivana Lynch there to help out, who yeah. plays Luna Lovegood. And she was actually on the Hogwarts Express, which was cool. She was, but I have a feeling that that whole segment there wasn't live, that they may have pre-taped that. Well, they had to have, because they did that cheesy TV thing where they say, oh, and she's coming right off the train, and then she's in the exact same outfit, and she comes on set. So I'm, I'm sure you're right. Clever. Yeah. Um, but that also Matthew Lewis, Neville Longbottom. Matthew Lewis was there. He kind of okay. actually opened up the thing. He, he was, did. Yeah. Yeah. He opened up in front of a nice green screen, I think. Oh, no. He was of, on location. Live. Live on location. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, but uh, how did you feel about the webcast in general, about um, what was told? I was super excited about it in general, mm-hmm. um, just because I'm excited about this whole project. I do think it was a little lackluster in terms of things that we learned. Yeah. But overall, I was still I was still excited. We learned the, the full name of the, the new attraction. Exactly. Harry Potter and the Escape from Gringotts. Which was exciting. Yeah, and they showed uh, two pieces of artwork from it, mm-hmm. and it it looks amazing. Um, you know, I'm excited for it. I know that they keep saying that it's going to be a multi-sensory, just state-of-the-art, brand-new attraction that nothing's ever been like it before, and I believe it. I, I just want to actually know what it is. I know for you, you can That makes me a little nervous, actually. Yeah, yeah it might be a one-and-done for you, considering... Uh, Which is upsetting, because I... I would love it to be a, a traditional roller coaster with, um, you know, just kind of like, I don't know, Everest. Even. Yeah. I, well, uh, but anytime they put screens in, in, or maybe even like 3D glasses, that ruins it for me. Yeah. And everyone expected it to just be a plain roller coaster. But, um, yeah. you know, for the most part, it, it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to ride it all the time. So every day, every morning. Yeah. If if you don't want to ride it, that's that's your problem. But mainly the Thank webcast, you. the the big announcements from that were uh, all the new shops that are going to be added on. And it, it, it's a lot. There um, are, yeah. So essentially Diagon Alley is pretty much just going to be made up of shops, mm-hmm. dining experiences, and then the attraction Harry Potter and the Escape from Gringotts will be at the end of the street. Um, <clears throat> and we also learned, we they talked a little bit about the dragon that's going to be on top. Yeah. Of the Gringotts building, which sounds really cool. It's going to be animatronic, I think, and it's going to breathe fire. Exactly. Which is going to be amazing. Well, um, and before I even get started on that, it's everything in Diagon Alley is going to be to scale replica. Yeah. Or not, it's not going well, to be scaled. It's going to be full-sized. So all the buildings there, you know, in the movies, they looked like they were 40, 50 feet. That's how tall they are going to be That's what it's going to be like when you're stepping in there. Yeah, yeah, the Gringotts Bank is the by far the biggest of them and that's going to be over 100 feet tall Mm -hmm. which you know it doesn't sound like that much but that's that's like half the size of the tower oh yeah it's huge it's it's going to be big yeah um so you mentioned some of the stores um there's going to be madame malkin's robes for all occasions uh magic menagerie olivander's the original Mm -hmm. olivander's um scribulus where you get your quills notebooks diaries and everything um wiseacres wizarding equipment and then one of the biggest ones is going to be Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. And I think everyone's yeah. really excited about this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever we were at the celebration of Harry Potter weekend, we got to learn about some of the stuff that will actually be sold in that shop. We'll get to that at that point. But 
it, it's one of the things that people were really hoping that they would have got to see whenever the first Wizarding World opened up. We got Zonko's instead of the Weasley store because, well, in the books and movies, you don't have the Weasley's joke store in Hogsmeade. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. have made sense to yeah. put it there. They tried to cover it up with Zonko's, which one of the things we also learned during the weekend is that Zonko's will be closing sometime in the next future because they don't need two joke stores yeah. selling the exact same stuff. There's not enough room for that many jokes. So, yeah, if if you're going to Universal soon, stop into Zonko's because pretty soon it's going to become a giant Honey, honey Duke. So Honey Duke's is expanding into that space. Yep. And it, we were in it just the other day and it's actually not that big of a space anyway. It's not. Um, so when we say expansion, it's just going to be the entire building rather than yeah, like cut that, off in the center. Another eight feet at yeah. most. Um and then also in Diagon Alley, we learned that they are going to include Nocturne Alley, <clears throat> yep. which is where all the dark wizards hang out kind of in that area. So I didn't expect them to do it. But at the same time, they couldn't have really built Diagon Alley without adding. I'm really Nocturne glad they're including it. And they're including um, Borgen and Burks, yeah. which is kind of like the um, the shop in Nocturne Alley that kind of sells some of the darker items. Exactly. Um, in kind of the wizarding stuff so they have death eater masks um and all kinds of other dark wizard stuff so that's gonna be fun oh yeah we actually saw a prop yeah the vanishing uh cabinet that they're gonna be including in the store so and it looks amazing it looks right out Um, of the movie actually so yeah bargain and burks it's gonna be a good place to go get your death eater masks yep i think we're all gonna have one um it's gonna be the you're also gonna get the tattoo right i i am i do have that tattoo oh you already already. yeah you know it's Whenever I decided to get a tattoo for the first time, I said, why not get a Harry Potter tattoo? Why not be a Death Eater? And next up is, the, I guess, the scar on your forehead? Uh, I don't know about that. That's a commitment. I just don't really relate to Harry Potter at all. Okay. That's sad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they once again explained that the Leaky Cauldron will be there. Nothing new. You're going to get your fish and chips, your <laughs> your shepherd's pie, your... Your standard English food. Yeah, but I think this is a really good addition. They released some concept artwork, um, lots of details, like pictures on the wall, lots of paintings. Yeah. Um, in the in the picture, at least, it shows kind of big long tables. Um, so very kind of busy. All of this concept artwork looks very cramped because that's what it's like in the books. Yeah. So I think it's going to be very authentic. Yep. And then we'll also have the Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor with the strawberry peanut butter ice cream will be the showcase. They've actually. They've already sold that over in Hogsmeade, kind of in little cups. Okay. Around, I never got to try it. The little cups with a little wooden spoon. That you exactly. Eat Actually, okay. yeah, that was oh, okay. great. You you got it right on the first try. I could Good work job. at Universal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's already been around, so some people may have already got to try that. Okay. Um, but they'll have their own ice cream shop there. I'm sure they'll serve more good. <clears throat> tasty things and then the other main thing we did learn from the webcast as we already thought is that you do need the two park pass to experience the hogwarts express which you know they they didn't even go into detail we got to see the inside it was a brief me- yeah it was a brief mention of this but it confirmed that what everyone thought that you have to have yeah. both of the tickets we also learned that <clears throat> there will be a ticket booth um at the entrance to the hogwarts express yeah. maybe not right next to it but it'll be available there so you don't have to go all the way to the front to get services or yeah. whatever to upgrade your ticket so that'll be helpful it, it will be helpful mm-hmm. i think the the one recurring theme that we got from the webcast as well as everything from the celebration weekend was all the actors could not say enough enough times that everything is just so detailed yeah everything looks like it came right out of the movies except better because during the movies they only had all the sets they didn't you know it didn't have big interiors in the building exactly and 
I, I remember uh, Ivana Lynch mentioning that the Hogwarts Express was one compartment in any scene that they need to film. They just did it in that well, one compartment. She even said that in order to, to mimic the movement of the, yeah. of the train or the, the cart in the train, they would have people outside actually moving it physically with their, yeah. <laughs> with their bodies to show that it was moving. So I think that's funny. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's, that's what's so cool that it, they did it with Hogsmeade in the original Wizarding World. Everything was so perfect in it and the actors were all blown away. But they keep saying that Diagon Alley is twice as good yeah. as what the original Wizarding World is. So um, they did mention that there's still more details to be announced. Of course, yeah. So hopefully that will come out soon. But, you know, that also did set the trend then starting on Friday, the 24th, for a celebration of Harry Potter weekend. And after the break we're about to take, we'll come back and we'll talk about our experience at a celebration of Harry Potter. Sounds good. Okay. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect trip to Universal. Whether you stay on-site at one of the world-class hotels or are in need of theme park tickets with round-trip transportation to and from Walt Disney World, visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. So we're back, and the topic now is a celebration of Harry Potter. So I know last week or I guess two weeks ago, whenever mm-hmm. we talked about it, we kind of had expectations for it about what we'd like from it. I think the main thing that we both said was the the Mina Lima panel was yes. something we were very excited about. But it, we'll, we'll talk about all the panels and get into it. Um, but want to go through everything one at a time so that way we can really, well, try to help ourselves remember because we already stressed at one time that – we are still exhausted. It was a whirlwind. It really weekend. was. Yeah. Um, um, it was very busy. We luckily had, it was very nice that we were able to have uh, media access. So that was great. We got to uh, have kind of nice seating for everything mm-hmm. and it was really cool. Um, and so we were lucky in that regards, but still there were just so many events and we had yeah. to time it all perfectly and just running around the parks. And so, and yeah, I'll be honest. My first expo type thing ever was D23 this past August. I, and I waited in line for everything. I didn't have a press pass for that. Yeah. So everything I had to do was just, you know, you go and you sit and wait. And I, I came out of this almost more exhausted. And we had that easy access where we could show up 20 minutes yeah, it was busy. and go and sit down. But, it, yeah, it was a very, very whirlwind weekend. Yeah. Um, and it started at about 4 o'clock on Friday the 24th. But really, if you book the package that got you also special access. I guess completely forgot to mention that part of it. Um, Universal. Yeah, so the weekend was open to um, a special vacation package that you Uh could book in advance, and they sold out within, I think, an hour or something. That's what we heard. Um, They sold out very quickly, and this gave you kind of special access. You got a special uh, lanyard with Mm -hmm. uh, a special kind of credential thing that got you into some of the special events. Um, It also allowed you to go to to the parks. It was just a whole package. And so um, one of the perks of coming this in the morning, they started serving warm butterbeer. Yeah, they did. Um, And that's kind of a first. Yeah, if if you are a nerd like we are, you know that in the books and the movies, you didn't didn't have a choice between between, between (laughs) frozen butterbeer and cold butterbeer. Yes. They had warm butterbeer. Um, in the books, they did, yeah. yeah. And so, just for full disclosure, I've had both of the frozen and the regular cold before, yeah. and I hate them both. <laughs> See, I, I love them. I, I don't like soda, and I don't like overly sweet things, and so um, 
I was excited to try this new warm one because I was hoping it would be more of kind of like a hot, you know, n- yeah. nice drink when it's cold outside um, t- to have. However, it was also sickeningly sweet. Yeah, I, I loved it. You you, um, you would drink mine too, so you had two of them. I'm yeah, surprised how you were standing. I had about 24 ounces of pure sugar, yeah. and it was incredible. My initial reaction was, this is like drinking a cake. It And that's exactly what it yeah. tasted like. Um, I, I made the... the uh, observation that it kind of tasted like creme brulee hot cocoa mix i can see that but with sugar added with sugar added yeah. that's, that's the main part of it it's sweet um they ended up serving it uh on saturday and sunday morning so the entire celebration mm-hmm. weekend for epa and then they actually ran it they ran kept uh serving it uh through about 12 o'clock um that's usually whenever their supplies ran out but it it was possible for other people to get it um sure but now you can't get it anymore so it, well that's i mean there's a rumor that it'll now. come back yeah. i mean i i hope it does cuz the the experience of drinking something warm while you're walking through hogsmeade is perfect because the you know the know. the ambiance of having the snow on the rooftops and just kind of the chilly weather it's really good so well, you have a warm butterbeer for our time of year it was good but for that yeah, for that one week in Florida Orlando, morning yeah. yeah it's it might not be as popular but sure. but i mean it's a nice addition i i personally wouldn't get it again but i think people would really like it i i agree i enjoyed it um i can't wait to have it again sometime in the future but as i mentioned on friday the 24th that's whenever the expo kicked off and um er, well the celebration kicked off and the first thing that kind of opened up for everyone was actually a harry potter expo Mm -hmm. that was located in soundstage 23 and inside was well the first thing that we found out was that's where they shot the uh the Gringotts. Yeah, so you walk in the Gringotts vault. It's where the, the, the um, webcast for Diagon Alley announcement that happened on Thursday morning So is in this soundstage. I know. And, uh, I mean, I, I knew that while it was happening, but a part of me had hoped that it was probably uh, the actual attraction. It, it broke my heart yeah. to well, know that Universal would lie to us about where they shot a webcast. And where are the green screens? We didn't see them. I know. It, it, I, I can't keep thinking about it at it's, this point. Yeah, it's very depressing. I'll get over it. Um, but anyway, you got to walk on the. You couldn't really touch anything, but you got to walk on the set and yeah. kind of see the the props and stuff. I'm, unfortunately, the little goblin wasn't there. He wasn't. Yeah. But I did watch a guy try to touch a cart, and he got screamed at. Oh, good. Not screamed, but yeah. He he was definitely intimidated. It wasn't me, I promise. <laughs> um, so in this expo building, they had kind of little booths set up, and so some of them were. Um, Related to outside products, so like the, the even the U.S. Postal Service had one for their Harry Potter stamps. They had one for Scholastic um, that kind of featured their new book covers for the anniversary editions. Um, there was one for Mina Lima, the graphic designers that did most of the uh, design work in yep. the films. Uh, the Harry Potter um, walkthrough in London brought over some props that mm-hmm. they featured around it, each booth. And then they also had costumes from... Uh, the Prisoner of Azkaban featured in there, Harry, Ron, Hermione's Hermione, pink sweatshirt that was I, very recognizable. I took about 20 iPhone pictures of that. It's my background right now. I think you stole it to wear it. Well, yeah. I tried. Um, and then they had an exhibit for Pottermore, which was just slammed all the time. Yeah, they did have one for Pottermore. But even more than that, the exhibit that was most crowded was the Sorting Hat experience, yeah. which um, involved... Uh, a student from Hogwarts with the sorting hat and they would do a little ceremony yep. where the the guests could sit down they would hover the hat they weren't allowed to touch it for life reasons but they would hover the hat above your head and then it would sort you into whatever Hogwarts house you belong to 
Yeah. And everyone was going crazy for this. They I were. Mean, the, the line was probably an hour long. But yeah. the, the thing I felt bad about was there was this girl that we originally saw doing it, and she was getting really theatrical with it and yeah. really interacting with the people and talking to them before she'd sort them. And then she goes off on break, and this this male student comes in <laughs> with the fakest smile in the world and he's featured in our expo video that we put up on our youtube channel and i hope he's listening now i, I apologize I, i'm sorry <laughs> you should have seen her because she was great not that you did bad but um no he just rushed someone up come up what's your favorite house gryffindor Okay, well we'll see. He just he he's kept to the strict uh, the script like perfectly. Yeah. He didn't he, very, he didn't go off of it and kind of make jokes or it, just, it was very standard each one. Sat down, did the thing, congratulated you, and then you're on your way. Which yeah. I mean, it, it was still the experience, but it wasn't as cool as the girls. I know, and yeah. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm upset because I didn't even get to do it at all. I just got to watch people have fun over and over again. So maybe one day it's a hard we'll bring life, that Craig. back. Um, so they also had merchandise in this expo. Then one of the big, huge things that people were really going for were, was a special print for the weekend designed by Mina Lima. Yeah. And there were two versions, the standard one. Um, and then they also had kind of like a fancier embossed one uh, with some metallic uh, overlay to it. And it was signed and numbered by Mina Lima themselves. And so the standard one was $69 and the, the signed one was 149 So they were they were pricey. Um, yeah. But people were buying them. They were, yeah. And they also had T-shirts and yeah. they had some keychains. Um my opinion on the expo was it was a good way to kill about two hours ish, um, maybe two longer. hours if you're doing everything. Yeah, and depending on what time of day you go in there, if you got there first thing in the morning, yeah. uh, you, you could have easily got through things quicker. But there was also signings. The celebrities that were there that weekend actually popped in from they time did. to time and were taking pictures. Um, it actually all over Twitter, all over Facebook, all these mm-hmm. pictures of people with celebrities. So that was nice that they got to do yeah. that. So but that was basically the expo. And then cool. after we went to the expo on Friday night, the the big kickoff for the event was the Harry Potter tribute, which exactly. was out in Universal Stu- Studios at the Music Stage Plaza. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called. But anyway, yep. you got the, it. the big stage um, at Universal Studios. Um, and this was at 730 and it was it got dark and it was freezing. Yeah. Unbelievably cold. And I know I'm saying that is obnoxious to people that are actually in snowstorms right now but it was very cold and i mean we got to be inside up until like 15 minutes before this started but there was people waiting out all oh, day waiting all day for this thing yeah um so so two basic things happened here there was a nice q a session mm-hmm. with the actors themselves and so um james and oliver phelps the weasley twins were there ivana lynch luna lovegood neville uh longbottom was there uh matthew lewis mm-hmm. and seamus finnegan yep um Oh, Devin Murray. Devin Murray. <laughs> um, and then Mark Williams, who is Mr. Weasley, yes. was there. Drunk uncle. He was very drunk. And he looked like a car salesman from the 1970s. Well, okay. He he prefaced <laughs> it by he he had just flown in that day and he was extremely... Well, he never said he was jet lagged, but that's well, what I assumed at first. That but, was the nice uh, way of excusing his weirdness i i i thought he was one of the most entertaining he was hilarious and entertaining for sure but he he like got up and left halfway through and was like (laughs) waving to people and i don't know (laughs) but the q a was it was informative it wasn't audience asked questions there was a a host there There was a host a ryan seacrest wannabe Uh, the entire weekend ryan seacrest wannabe in a scarf (laughs) 
Um, and so that was the, the first main portion. And then the second yeah. portion, they kind of talked about Diagon Alley a little bit. So we learned, mm-hmm. we saw some of the webcast again, and then they talked about some of the new things, including new merchandise that they exactly. were going to be offered. Especially featured at the Weasley's Wizards Weeds. We got to see yeah. the skiving snack boxes. We got to see the umbrage on a unicycle. Yeah, so these are all kind of joke things from the book. The yeah. nose-biting teacups and the decoy detonator. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that got me excited about some of the new things that will be there. For sure. But Oh, and, and just to mention, Kazu Kibuishi, who did the artwork for the anniversary edition for Scholastic, also did a short Q&A for yeah. this as well. I, I mean, overall, it was an hour and a half long yeah. tribute. Um, it, it was excellent, though, be, despite it being freezing outside. It, it was a really good way to kick off the weekend. It, yep. it set the tone for everything that was to come. Uh, but then it picked up bright and early the next morning with one of the three, I believe. There were Q three over the, full, over the whole weekend, yep. yes. So it was my life on a film set, and the cast showed up to do uh, Q&As. And this was different from the tribute night because this was all audience-asked questions, yeah. um, which was that I got more information from these Q&As than mm-hmm. I did from the original one. Well, I mean, the, the audience was full of dis- uh, Harry Potter fans. Yeah. So you had people in robes, people with wands, people dressed up as their favorite characters. So they they were asking mm-hmm. the questions that a lot of us kind of wanted to know, especially if we were familiar with the books and the yep. movies. And we only attended the first one on that first Saturday. But uh, from my understanding, at all of them, the actors were the same. It was James and Oliver again, mm-hmm. and Ivana, and Devin, Devin and, and Matthew. Matthew. Um, but, you know, just one of the things that I really walked away with from this weekend and the Q&As in particular was Devin Murray, who plays Seamus Finnegan, uh, got well, the entire cast got asked a question about their best fan interactions. Mm-hmm. And he talked about how he went to Colorado and just in like a press tour with all the Harry Potter gang. And he met a girl that was in the hospital and she was dying and he just connected with her they talked like he loved her he kept uh sending her messages in the mail and email and like kept up with her every week or two and he even threw in a bit part about how she met miley cyrus right before she met him yeah. but she said that miley was nothing compared she to liked him. him better than miley cyrus yeah so. and it was a really touching moment and it just yeah. kind of showed showed you how down to earth they all were yeah, well, um, it, it was at the end whenever he said then the next time he was back in Colorado and whenever he went to visit her, she had already passed away yeah. at that point. And like he he was so close to breaking down on he stage. Was. And, yeah, he was very touched by it. And yeah, it it was just that was probably the thing that I walked away from this weekend the most. Like it was just yep. seeing that these people, I mean, you grew up watching them and they are humans. They're not just celebrities. Yeah. And that was a good moment. So did you have any favorite moments from the Q&A? From the Q&A, um, Ivana Lynch was my favorite by far because yeah. she was a true Harry Potter fan. She Before she was even involved with the movies, she was a huge fan of the books and she wanted to be Luna Lovegood. Yeah. And so she talked about how she would go and look for auditions and she uh, made her dad take her to London and audition for the movie. And so she just t- told these stories about how when she was on set, she... Um, would really want them to stay true to the to the to the books themselves. And she told this story about um, book six. And here's another spoiler alert. We can't get through this without saying spoilers. But she was so passionate about having Dumbledore's funeral in in, yeah. in the movie that when she found out that they weren't including it, she 
went to the producers and said, take my paycheck. If this is a money thing, I don't need to be paid. I will do this for free. Include the scene. So it just shows you how passionate she was about the whole story. Exactly. The books. So that was a good moment for me. It was. Um, And then the next thing we sat through for a little bit was... (laughs) Yeah. Go behind the scenes of Pottermore.com. Yeah, so Pottermore.com is an online community um, based around the books, uh, the Harry Potter books. And they go into a lot more detail. There's actually new written content from J.K. Rowling. Um, So a a lot of fans really enjoy learning that extra stuff that they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, This was so detail-oriented about things that I had a hard time caring about. (laughs) I know. I know we've made enough jokes about us being nerds, but this was This was on another level. This um, was like learning what curse they used to make the Marauders map. And then I said, okay, goodbye. <laughs> so it was just too much. Um, but it was, uh, you know, people were loving it. If they were the true diehard fans, they were really getting a lot of good information. So that's great, but it just wasn't for us. Yeah. Um, but then the, there was another Q&A after the, uh, the Pottermore.com panel. And then the thing that closed out... Uh, day one, well, day two, sorry, that was on Saturday. The thing that closed it out was a doling demonstration with Paul Harris, the man who is the only the man, choreographer the legend. of wand combat. Um, this was the best. He was a choreographer for, uh, yeah. for dance um, that was hired to work out the dueling battles yeah. in the Harry Potter films. And so he was a very interesting guy. He taught you the kind of positions for casting spells and everything. He made the audience stand up and, and practice them, whoever yeah. brought their own personal wands. Which was a lot a of A lot people. of people, <laughs> um, which is great, whatever. Um, and then they practiced it. And then he chose like eight people from the audience to come up yeah. on stage and kind of run through the whole steps in queue. And then they were kind of all surprised when they brought out. Well, well, they were ushered away first. And then well, yeah. the person who we hadn't seen at the Q&As ended up coming out, Mark Williams, um, you know, still drinking his special tea, I guess, because he came out as, as funny and goofy yeah. as he was during his first uh, appearance at the tribute. He but, was, yeah. Yeah, he, he talked about one combat with uh, Paul Harris for a little bit, which was actually surprising to me because he, of all the celebrities there, he was the oldest one. So you'd think that he would be, I mean, he's, he's a little bit of a bigger guy. Like you wouldn't think that he's this like nimble no. athlete, but no, but I mean, I think it's more because the story, his storyline in the movies, yeah. that ministry of magic, yeah. you know, it was kind of more of that kind of thing. Um, but then the eight people from the audience got to go on, go back on stage yeah. with him and do like a kind of battle wizard duel. They did. Thing. And that was so entertaining. It, it was, was it, it reminds me of, um, that movie with Paul Rudd where he mentors McLovin and they're all out in the field doing like cosplay. Like that's exactly what it was on stage. I can't think of the Is name of the movie. Bad? No. McLovin? That. The actor that plays McLovin? Yeah, the actor that plays McLovin. Okay. It was the one where he was like a mentor to him. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. But yeah, like eight people are all up on stage pointing their wands at each other and doing all the positions. And it was it was interesting. But then I was lucky enough that after it was all over. Um, yeah, lucky is a, a, a good word for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, part of the the media events that we had to cover there, one of them was we got to do a private lesson with Paul Harris, and I got to learn all the moves. And after it was over, I was very excited about it, and I posted on Facebook that to all my friends that, which is very little, but yeah, <laughs> everyone, you're going to get to see this awesome video of, of me learning wand combat but I, I sat down to watch the video, and I was it, just 
so terribly embarrassed. It's super embarrassing, but you will see the video someday. It was horrifying. I It'll... put it down into slow motion, and you could see, like, every inch of my body moving and jiggling, and it was... So it, that's the real reason I didn't know any of this. It was bad. You don't... I thought you should have just said, oh, Sean, you were bad at filming it, and so that's why we couldn't use the footage. That would have been the easiest way out. Sean, you were very right, bad at filming, <laughs> and so that's why no one's going to see it. Okay. But that... That uh, was the end of the panels for the day. Um, yes. And then that night, if you bought the pa- vacation package uh, that we talked about earlier, you would actually have the opportunity to go to a private party inside the Wizarding World at night where there was um, all you could drink, water, uh, butter beer, mm-hmm. uh, pumpkin juice. Non-alcoholic beverages. Non-alcoholic. Yep. Yes, that's that's the word. Um, and then they also did have food set up, and by food, I mean churros, churros and salsa. pretzels and chips and salsa. Yeah. Uh, the people that were there absolutely loved it. They they were raving how how glad they were that they got the chance to be there, and they were so appreciative of everyone that took the time to stay late at absolutely. night so they could. I, I think that this was definitely a, a good thing for fans to be able to ride the rides. Yeah to kind of experience the whole section of the park without kind of the normal day guests. Exactly. And I'll admit, just have, being there at night and having the temperature being so perfect, yeah. it was cool like it would, and I said this before, but having the kind of the snow on the rooftops, yeah. the experience was perfect. There was oh. smoke coming out of the chimneys. It was just like you were walking through Hogsmeade. So. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but the stars were there. They were walking around. Some of them were mingling more than others, but mm-hmm. this was an extra chance on top of it for people to get to see the stars and i just heard that i didn't see any of the celebrities up front but just the word spreading around is that people were lunging and trying to throw themselves on top of them so it was like black friday at walmart except with harry potter and no one died no one oh god (laughs) all right so (laughs) you went there (laughs) um the next morning um we started off the day with another panel Mm -hmm. and it was called uh it was about the wizarding world of harry potter the set and prop design of the the theme park um and so we got to learn a lot about how they took the sets and the props from the movies yeah um and so they actually worked with some of the original guys alan gilmore Bryn court and eric baker were the three guys on this panel yes they were and they they just really kind of explained some of their favorite props to create they talked about how hard it was to create dumbledore's office that was one of the most difficult ones and uh it was nice it was just a good look into what the whole process was yeah and it was very informative entertaining uh the james and oliver phelps <laughs> came out and showed um signs that would be placed In inside of yeah. weasley's wizard wheezes mm-hmm. and uh then we also that's where we got to see the other four props that they had on display they had the vanishing cabinet they had one of the another props uh, rocket Yep, model. they have the Weasley's rocket for the shop. Yep, and um, they had a set of, uh, suit of armor for a troll yes, that was going did. to an uh, an armory yep. or a blacksmith shop in I think Nocturne. Yes, I think I, they said that. And then the biggest thing, they actually had a chalkboard, a blackboard from the original set of the Defense Against the Dark Arts classroom yeah. from the movie. And I believe they're switching it out in the yep. attraction. For they're the going to switch it out, so the yeah. original chalkboard's going to be in there now. Um, which that that's amazing that they're getting just another piece of actual movie memorabilia and putting yeah. it right in there. Um, and if you haven't seen it, it is in Defense Against the Dark Arts, the current chalkboard, and on it is um, how to do a Patronus charm on there. So that's kind of Professor Lupin's little <clears throat> hidden key in the Defense Against the Dark Arts room. We'll actually go into that sometime whenever we get in, in touch with Hogwarts. That's going to be the name of the segment. 
in touch with getting Hogwarts. in touch with Hogwarts. Oh, that sounds weird. It'll be sensual. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so no. then in, they also had another Q and A session, session this yeah. morning, uh, the same morning, and then the final panel that we went to was uh, the Mina Lima panel, which is yep. what I was most excited about. This was all about the graphic design uh, from the films themselves. Yeah. Um, so the the two artists, um, Mira Mina and Eduardo Lima, yeah. together they make up the design studio of Mina Lima, and. They just went into all the details of making all the print work, all the signage, everything that you see in the films that are graphic, graphically designed. And so it was just unbelievable. They talked about how much detail they went into creating the Daily Prophet. Yeah. So you, you might only see the front page of the paper, but the entire thing had to be completely designed in full because if for some reason, you know, the actor pulls to the center, it needs to be, yeah. it needs to be uh, complete. And they would hide kind of like personal jokes inside this stuff because they had to fill it with real words. Um, so they would do kind of like inside jokes to their friends or whatever in this yeah. stuff. I, I, I loved it. But for me, it was like we have a half an hour to sit up here and talk about what we did. So we're going to take all that time to show you every single thing we ever did for Harry Potter. And it was overwhelming because some things you, they wanted, went to fast. Like, yeah. you wanted to look at and actually be like, oh, yeah, I know that from that part. But they... Everything you basically saw in every scene, there was something of theirs hidden. Absolutely. They talked about point. the Marauder's Map and yeah. how uh, they had to get every detail right, especially in the layout of Hogwarts. Um, they talked about all the books that they created for Hermione yeah. and, and even just Hogwarts, uh, Hogwarts in general. Um, all the school books, like the potions book. Um, they even talked about how they would um, create these books for Hermione and they'd design the covers and have them bound and everything, create yeah. all the pages inside. Um, but then they never made it its way on screen because they would yeah. just be in her bag or something. You would never even see it, but so much work went into that. Yeah. Well, I think that's actually a good recap of what happened that weekend. So I, I guess I have two questions for you. How, what was your overall thought of it? And do you think they should do something like this as a yearly tradition? Okay. I, I, my overall thought was fantastic. I mm-hmm. loved it. I had a lot of fun. Um, I would love to see them do it again. I think it, it could definitely continue, especially when Diagon Alley's open. I think that if they could have different kind of uh, panels or discussions yeah. different, about different things in different places, maybe some of the other actors would like to come and do yeah. it. I think it, it's, it would be great, and I think people would definitely love to come and do it again. Oh, I agree. I thought yeah. it was a perfect weekend. It was exhausting, but we learned a lot more. Um, it's got me even more excited about Diagon Alley, and I think that was maybe also something that they were trying to... Sure trying to do with this entire weekend itself but um i i can't wait to see what they do next time um because they've done this a couple times in the past i think it's absolutely going to come back again and i i know i'll be there um just as eager as i was this past time you can tell how much is moderate i think no it's (laughs) i'm excited about harry potter weekend is yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding he was super excited it was so (laughs) overall it was a success um, and, you know, just another one of the many things that's happening at Universal. Like we said, Mardi Gras starts very, very soon next week, and we'll be there covering it. So uh, for our next episode, stay tuned for our Mardi Gras coverage, and we'll be back then. Thanks for watching, guys.